With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Tim Gossage and Brad Shepard this morning in the SENWA breakfast studio. We're heading for a top of 21 degrees today, 22 tomorrow, 25 on Wednesday. And Shep, I'm surprised. I made the walk over from the said car bay and let me tell you, it says it's five degrees. I didn't think it was that cold this morning. It was very nippy, Goss. My car was saying eight, so uh, I'm not sure where you got the five degrees from, but it was very, very cold. Very cold. Very cold. Toolkit Depot open line, and we're in the studio for Toolkit Depot, of course. And you can ring us 13 12 55 or tech 0487 736 is the number. Now, question without notice for the boys. We've got a voucher, a voucher. In fact, we don't have a voucher. No, no, no. I'm... I'm False start. Sorry. Uh, we had a, a, a pre-production meeting, and today we've got Special K, and we've got Gordon out there, otherwise known as Gordon Bray, the great commentator. <laughs> and we've got you, Shep, and me. So we were a bit of a, a uh, piecemeal little uh, get-together today, but I'm very happy to have it. We're here for McCafe Coffee for a year. Visit my Macca's app. Thank you. There are 23 horses in the Melbourne Cup tomorrow because there is a scratching come through this morning. Number 21, Point Nepean, is out of the race. Now, after 6.30, we're going to be speaking to Michelle Payne. Thank you. <laughs> I just put, uh, <laughs> can, you see, can you see the cogs? I can. I can. <laughs> the chemistry <laughs> is something that I've never seen before between you two. <laughs> Me and Special K look at each other and go, what are we doing next? Uh, now... After 6.30, between 6.30 and until the end, we have got 23 $2 bets on the Melbourne Cup. So you will get a horse and you have $2 for the win placed on that horse. And if you think that's not a lot of money, I just want you to equate you to there is one horse under double figures, which is the favourite, Doville Legend, and the rest, there are some at $70, there are some at 50 bucks, and if you happen to get a $50 horse tomorrow and you have $2 on that horse, you're going to pocket $100. So you'll get $2 of the final dividend across the line. There is 23 spots. Do not call, and it is a call only. So write the number down, 13, 12, 55. So you're going to have a little taster in the Melbourne Cup tomorrow by ringing the Toolkit Depot open line, 13, 12, 55. Always gamble responsibly. 
But that's coming up after 6.30, along with Michelle Payne, Adam Voges, because big day down at the Wacker today starts at 10.30, of course, and Mark Duffield, who starts in the chair next Monday here on SEN Mornings from 8 o'clock, and Duff's going to join the studio. We're going to talk footy. How was your weekend? What did you do? Uh, the weekend was good, guys. Actually, it started off on the Friday night. A little bit disappointing seeing uh, the rain out between Australia and in, in England. Big game for both countries. Both sides needed to win. Aussies, they penciled that in after that horrible, horrible first game against New Zealand. It's put them behind the eight ball with the run right now, and they need to almost work a miracle to get into the semifinals from here on in, which begs the question, Goss. I know what you're going to say. There's two stadiums <laughs> over in Victoria. If it's raining, yeah. open up Marvel. Yeah. Let them play. Yeah. Even if there's no crowds. Uh, they, they, I don't think that's how the ICC works. Man. Okay. Well, it's just... I think they lock things in. That's why the games are at 7 o'clock at night. Now, we had uh, the Chief of the Organising Committee for Australia in the studio last week. Yep. And she said it's just a 7 o'clock start across the board, apart from the one game in Sydney at the start. Yep. Australia New Zealand started at 6. Bottom line is it is a 7 o'clock start. Venues are locked. Venues are closed. Marvel is not part of the equation. It's not a blockout stadium. Yep. So there's a lot of logistics that have to work for that. Um, even to the point where um, the ICC control the narrative in regards, this is how controlling they are, the ICC. It's their event, so they're not going to make changes to fixturing and include other stadiums. The fact is that they're keen on controlling all social media as well. Some great stuff on social media can no longer be played on social media. The ICC have stepped in and said some of the stuff that's gone viral from some of the commentary teams has to be taken down. So the ICC are very set in their ways. I agree with you. It would be incredibly disappointing if the final is washed out. We know October, and it's bucketing down in Melbourne at the moment. Mm. Thank Mm. heavens tonight's game, Australia and Ireland is not in Melbourne because if it was, uh, it probably wouldn't be going ahead. I went to Esperance on Saturday. Did you? Came back yesterday morning. Cashy? No, the tax man's across this. It's an invoice job. And there's no such thing as a cashy anyway. Yeah, well, well not, 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 for, not going forward anyway. <laughs> not for the media, guys. <laughs> Might be for the footballers. <laughs> Hello to Dom Sheed. Yeah, yeah there's, <laughs> a couple, there's a couple of boys there. You can <laughs> who, are, who are the tightest? Sheed has to be one. Oh, Sheed is tight. I, I, think, uh, I think Darling's pretty... Um, Darling's pretty tight? Brutal, yeah, <laughs> Darling. Um, Gov? Gaffy, uh, Gaffy, Gaffy, yeah, yeah. He's, um, <laughs> he, he collects every receipt. Even when he's, he's shouting, he collects every receipt. So, so, when, so when you go for a coffee, boys, yeah. does he get a receipt? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he, he's one of those blokes. Are you one of those? Nah. Are you sure? I, I don't get invited along to the coffees, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nah, I say. No, I uh, before every game, Andrew Gaffin. <laughs> Andrew Gaff and myself would go to our favourite place in Subiaco just for some toasted sandwiches. Not superstitious at all, but we did it for the last six years, every home game. And um, he, uh, being, being a fellow midfielder, I, and I was a back, I started off a midfielder, Goss, yeah, and yeah, finished up in the back that. pocket. And didn't quite, um, You didn't quite make it as a midfielder. Must didn't have quite make it. And uh, <laughs> probably the contract saw that as well. As a, oh, you can see I was a back pocket. <laughs> but, um, you know, every, I thought every one, once in the six years, <laughs> Gaffy might have put, said, oh, shut down, mate, I'll, I'll get you a nice little toasty. But it never happened, Goss. So a little bit um, Oh, hello. A little bit I was in Esperance and it was coming in sideways. So I've been to Esperance twice. It's the rain. 15 years ago, I went down there to call the uh, races on Boxing Day at Esperance. 
It was 45 degrees in the cooler bag. It was horrendously hot. We flew in a little tin can down there. It was the worst trip ever. Jockeys were vomiting. Stewards were vomiting. I was hanging on for grim death. It was a horror trip. Yesterday, it was coming in sideways, and I thought I wasn't going to get back for the cricket because I flew straight back, came straight to the ground and did Pakistan and the Netherlands. It was sideways. So I've been down there when it was 45 on Boxing Day, and over the weekend I was doing a, a hosting a speaking engagement down there, and it was 13 degrees and torrential. So I've got when, two seasons. When is a bit of goss time? Every, every time I speak to you, you're, you're everywhere. Here, yeah. there, everywhere. Uh, you gotta, Do you get some downtime? And yeah, what, what yeah. is your downtime? Downtime is, uh, is cleaning the pool, sitting out in the backyard, mowing the lawn, and lying on the couch and playing with my granddaughter. Perfect. That's my life. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. I, I could do with more work if anyone's out there. Hey, morning, Goss and Shep. <laughs> a huge compliment uh, off the bench on Saturday by SEN Royalty. The beautiful Margaret said your commentary was very good. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Sorry. I, I didn't want to read. I didn't want to read. Whackety whack whack. <laughs> The beautiful Margaret said, your commentary is very good, very exciting. This may not mean much to many people who don't know Margaret, but she listens to cricket religiously. Big feather in your cap, Goss. Well done. Realm of flowers for me. And Turtle says, Jonesy. Well, funny Thank say you. that. I've just put that number in my phone. It's, t- it's come up as Tim Gossage. Yeah, it has. No, that's <laughs> Jonesy. He's a regular. You just text in. <laughs> oh, please. Have you just texted in? No, oh, on. no that Pumping is not my number. Up. That is not my <laughs> number. That is Jonesy, who's a regular. But I must say, last night I had a bit of fun. Because we had Pakistan versus the Netherlands. The Netherlands didn't create a great game. They only made 90-odd. There was a few moments in the game. But I will say this. The other week, oh, can we play Wackity Whack Whack? Just brilliant. Just short. Wackity Whack Whack. So we threw that up last week in the Glenn Maxwell innings. And then Scotty Cummings threw a challenge down to me and said, basically, you've got to try and get that into most of your commentary. And I said, well, no, it's one of those Wackity Whack Whack. You can't do that all the time. Well, last night, Shadib Khan was bowling. I couldn't help myself. Khan on a hat-trick from the other night. A two-game hat-trick. Cooper, he's hit it down his throat. Got it! Shadib Khan gets a hat-trick over three days. And he knows it. Head in hands, and he celebrates. And they're giving him a right old whackety-whack-whack. Shadib <laughs> Khan with a hat-trick. Cooper's gone. So they came the up to him and hit him on the head and the backside and I thought, there's the prime opportunity to get the old wackety whack whack. Sorry to Richie Benno, to Jared Whiteley, to Jim Maxwell, to the legends, Adam Gilchrist, to the legends of commentary. It is pretty loose stuff going on there out here at Perth I thought it was very good. It, uh, you've, you've used it in all formats. It's not just a big hit. It's a celebration as well. Yep. yep. And you know what? I reckon I'm going to use it often in the footy commentary this year. This is the new season. I'm going to go whackety whack whack. Trademark it. Yeah, I'm, that's exactly what I'm trying to do, Shep. Are you excited for Melbourne Cup Day? Do you get excited for Cup Day? Do you go to the races or are you a, a or you are a like me? Now I used to host a lot of Melbourne Cup functions, but I got bunted off one recently because someone said they'd do it for nothing, and that hurts. Um, <laughs> hello to Dixie Marshall if you're listening, but I will be sitting on the couch. And I love watching the Melbourne Cup coverage on my own, on the couch, not having to explain anything to anyone and not being in a place where no one cares. You go to these events and they're all doled up and they have it, but they don't care about the race. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I've been a couple of times to Melbourne itself. I love going over there for the the spring carnival for the whole week. One of the best things that you'll do. Um, 
But being in Perth, there's, yeah, like you're saying, there's a lot of events in Perth. But uh, this year, I was going to do exactly what you're saying. Be at home, watch the coverage of the Melbourne Cup. But... but. But I knew there was a but coming. Yeah, there was a but coming. So uh, it was only a couple of days ago. Yeah. And uh, old mate Jack Redham. Oh, yeah. JR. Yeah, Retired. JR. He said, uh, mate, uh, Nick Natanui, talking about himself and me, let's go to Ascot oh. to watch uh, oh, yeah. watch the races and, um, and okay. have David. Out with a great unwashed, are you? Or yeah. are you going well, up? Well, to... well, no, you're not. Well, I thought, I thought, no, I, I thought there had to, be, had to be some sort of... Um, <laughs> Kick it to it. Yeah, he goes, oh, great. Um, no worries, mate. Uh, and also, do you reckon you could get us tickets? And I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah. So on the blow all last night, seeing who's got some tickets around for, yeah. you yeah. know, some tables or et cetera. Yeah, good luck. Message back at 10 o'clock. Redo, guess what, mate? Managed to get um, a few tickets to this table. Great. Oh, that's great, Shep. Um, can you get another eight as well? Oh, no. Another eight as well. And I was like, mate, uh, oh, I don't know, I'm not Superman, but um, <laughs> really, leave it. So I've gone from a very low-key Melbourne Cup to at the races with potentially up to 10 to 12 people, depending on what what the text comes back but, mid-morning. But, but, but what are you – is it a sit-down you've arranged? I've got no idea. I've just asked for a little area, Goss. You've but asked for an area? A little area. Well, you know, like a couple of big – couple of big uh, – Hot wise, people <laughs> walking through the races, mate. I thought yeah. I'd like to protect um, Nick and a few of the boys. Oh, so the father of the year, who's just had a baby, father of the year, is having a day off to go to the races. Yes, well, I thought I'd try and um, try and get him out of the house for a oh, couple of hours. Oh, it must be tough. Couple of hours. Kid, a- a- right, everyone needs a release. What about Brit? What about Jack's, just had a kid as well. Yeah, well, I know that. So, so they're all going to the races on Melbourne Cup well, Day while their brides looking after the tin lids. That's not how it rolls, mate. That's why I don't have a kid just yet. Are you taking your bride to the races? I think it's just a boys' event. Oh, <laughs> this is getting worse. This is a disgrace. So, that, that, so that's my Melbourne Cup day itself. But oh, I really okay. want to watch the Cup itself in a, an environment yeah. on my own so I can actually actually take it all in because it doesn't mean a lot to many people. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you, Shepard. And coming up after 6.30, Michelle Payne, who knows how to ride a Melbourne Cup winner. Um, and don't forget... Get the number down now, the Toolkit Depot open line, 13 12 55. After 6.30, ring the boys. Gordon out there in Special K. Gordon Bray, otherwise known as Bray, filling in for Lois Lane, who's got Monday Otis, and Special K, of course. Now, I will say, you've got a call and you get a $2 bet and we will pick the horse. So you'll go into the draw straight away. You just have to register your name and they'll be announcing. You don't have to give them the horse, boys. I'll, I'll take care of that. I've got my hat here. Alrighty. Now, uh, Mike from Palmyra, who's an avid listener of the show, says, Goss, have you got any gardening tips or a daily dad joke? Well, I've got a da- – have I got a dad joke for you? Do we have anything for the jokes? Have we got anything like a laugh or have we got the oh, – have we got the false laugh? <laughs> there it is. They're right there. That's, <laughs> we got the, the forced laugh. Or what about this one? Do you know this is famous? This is a wren. And I watched this on, on Twitter or it popped up on some of the socials. You watch, I'll give you the shot. You watch the beautiful wren and the concentration to make that noise is quite next level. You put me to sleep, Goss. <laughs> right. <laughs> you like that one, did you? You got a chuckle out of the uh, woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. You're going to laugh. Rightio, here comes a dad joke for you because 
Have we got a trumpet? Give me something, mate. We can't just all of a sudden have a dad joke. We've got to have some. Here we go. This is for Micah Pelmire and anyone else who wants this. My inflatable house got a puncher over the weekend. I'm now living in a flat. <laughs> yeah, good. Very good. Nice. Well, I want an original, Goss. I've got an original. Whatever comes to what the mind, come chimney, up. What did the big chimney say to the little chimney? What was that? You're too young to smoke. Yes, nice, mate. You like that? Yeah, it did. That was an oldie when I was a little kid. That's authentic. I love Uh, that. Nice work. Hey, morning, Shep and Goss. Shep, you also made the third person self-congratulations. Scotty made off the record, as predicted by yourself. John of Woodvale, yes, Johnny, thank you very much. And Roy tells us, in Melbourne, the update is the sun is out, 18 degrees already. It's a stinker. Maybe so, Roy, but let me tell you, there is bad weather on the way. And speaking on the way, Michelle Payne's going to join us. You can get a $2 win bet on a Melbourne Cup runner. There's only 23 spots up for grabs after 6.30, 13.12.55. And also coming up, Adam Voges ahead of the Wacker game today. I reckon there might be a late change in the WA team. I'm getting some mail. And Mark Duffield will join us in the studio after 7.20 and he'll be talking all things footy. If you've got a footy question for Duff or Shep or even me, 13, 12, 55, or 0, 4, 8, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. I asked you a question this morning as we go to the break, because on this day, it's just around the corner. Um, I asked you a question this morning, which I, I am absolutely flummoxed by your response. Do you have Twitter? Negative. What? I, I do not have Twitter. So how do you keep abreast with the world? Because that is the way in which you can keep up with news and gossip and breaking news and facts and figures and life. I um, tune into SEN Breakfast. <laughs> that's um, that's first point of. Thank you. Look at that. Look at you go. Hey. I think there's other media streams to be able to keep up is current there? affairs. Absolutely. Yeah, like it's, what? It's, it's a. We're in a, we're in a day and age where it, it, we're walking around with a smartphone, so you can just type in. Current events or what's happening around the world. Yeah, Bang. but you can do that with Twitter. They 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 drag you. They siphon you into the world of news and media. I think my partner is is very happy that I don't have Twitter because I don't need another excuse to be on my phone because I'm on my phone enough as is. So I'm trying to get stroppy. I'm trying to declutter my life. Yeah, you know what? You're dead right, Shepard. Is today the last day of October? Because you know what starts tomorrow, November one, first day of November. I go into Christmas campaign. It's called. Talk to me. Watch me shred. Shred? I'm going to shred. Summer bod coming. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about bod. Six <laughs> weeks. Six weeks of... You come dance to exhale. Yeah, Richard Simmons. <laughs> That's it. And again, five, six, seven, double touch. Five. And now, you're a slimline version of uh, shredded. You are a very fit young man. But do you feel, even though you're a footballer and I'm sure you still do some form of activity, do you feel... Fat at times. You don't look it, but do you feel it? Do you feel a bit slovenly? I think Sloven? that's Sloven? um yeah that, that description there. It, it's that feeling of you're not quite yourself. You're a bit uh yeah um you don't have the the effects what exercise does. Exercise in your day day to day life produces endorphins, the dopamine hit, which is all the natural product, which helps you with the mental health and get that feeling of just um, 
feeling healthy. And no doubt, my transition this year, when you get paid every day to, to keep fit, um, to try and make time in your day to keep fit, when you don't keep it consistency, you do feel like a shadow of yourself. I understand I haven't put a lot of weight on just yet, but I feel like 50% of what I did a year ago. Yeah, right. And so even said, like I, and even you said from November 1 for six weeks, I'm going to go with you as well. because oh, yeah? yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I need to incorporate on a regular routine, have a regular routine weekly Done. to be able to get fit and you to and be, be happier. You and me, from six weeks starts tomorrow, you go to the races and I'll lie on the lounge and watch the Melbourne <laughs> Cup. <laughs> hey, Daniel Ricciardo is speaking. For the breaking news, Daniel Ricciardo finished seventh today. He went zooming past. He got a 10-second penalty, but still good enough. It's one of his best finishes for the year. He's up and about with McLaren. They finally had a strategy. He put on the soft set in the run home. He drove like an absolute demon. Well done to Daniel Ricciardo. Outstanding effort. A break. It's 23 past six. That's our Macca's chat, of course, for the My Macca's app. Win free McCafe coffee for a year by ordering on the My Maccas app. Still to come on this day, sport update, of course. Michelle Payne's going to join us. We'll get a Melbourne Cup tip. Adam Voges from the WA cricket team and Mark Duffield will join us talking all things footy. This is Shep and Goss on SEN Breakfast. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Birthdays, events and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. We're going to be on world record pace because we've got our news just around the corner. Winfrey McCafe Coffee for a year. Visit the My Maccas at Michael Collins. Now, everyone go, who's Michael Collins? Well, I'm going to tell you, Michael Collins was a member of the famous Apollo 11 expedition that had Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong on it. Collins actually flew into space twice. He piloted the orbiting command module. He was born on this day in 1930. That's one small step for man. Okay, that was Neil Armstrong, of course. So, but I can tell you that Michael Collins was on the thing. What's that thing called? Was it called a rocket? <laughs> spaceship? Spaceship? UFO? I don't even know what it's called. Oh no, that's weird. I've just had a blank. Hey, Michael Landon was born on this day, in 1936. Yeah. Little Joe in Bonanza, but he also, of course, was in Little House on the Prairie. Starred, directed, produced, and wrote the whole bloody thing. He did Michael Landon. He died in 1991, taken far too early. John Candy, superstar, born on this day. Hey, how you doing? Who are you? I'm your Uncle Buck. Do I have an uncle? Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? <laughs> no, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. I'm your dad's brother, all right. You have much more hair on your nose than my dad. How nice of you to notice. I'm a kid. That's my job. John Candy, born on this day in 1950, died so young age, just 43. Mm. Very funny man out of Uncle Buck. He died of a heart attack in 1994 while on the set of Wagons East. He weighed 140 kilos at the time. So tomorrow I start my fitness campaign. Larry Mullen Jr. Drummer with you too. 
His birthday today is 61. We're talking about the 31st day of October. Lynn Bergeron. Now, when I play this song to you, Shep, Lynn Bergeron is 52. Tell me what this reminds you of. Birthday today, Lindbergh from Ace of Base. Wouldn't it be, or wouldn't happen to be the Western Front, yeah. would it? Is it? Yeah. That was our W sign symbol. Wow. Yeah, 270 episodes we made of TV around a stupid signal made with your fingers. Lindbergh and 52, Ace of Base. I saw the sign. Lockie Reed will be loving that as we speak right now. Uh, Jack Revolt. Ah, well, it's a couple of birthdays today. Tom Lynch, of course with Richmond, and Jack Revolt is 34 today. A bit of an up and under. Delidio's just come off the interchange. Can he hang on to it? He does so well. And now they're on. Jack's kick seven. Waits for the footy. One bounce, two bounces. He's got eight on the back of his jumper, and he's got eight goals tonight. Ah, good on you, Jack. Uh, Part of the SEN crew, of course, over there in Melbourne as well. And on this day, Vanilla Ice. Robert Van Winkle was born in 1954. This is one of his hits in the early 90s. That is on this day for October 31. Happy birthday for celebrating a birthday. Users next, Michelle Payne, just around the corner. Grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. Corrush the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You bet I can't wait. You better hit bulls out of kid, don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Welcome back, 25 away from 7 o'clock. Michelle Payne just around the corner. Get your pen and paper ready. She's got her tips. She's part of the Channel 10 coverage. And if you are going to call, 13 12 55, now is the time to do it. In fact, no, just hold fire for two or three minutes. 13 12 55, Toolkit Depot open line. 23 callers get a $2 win bet only. Could turn you into 100 bucks or more. And it has a, you just have a little interest in the Melbourne Cup. Always gamble responsibly. No time to waste. Let's give the sport update with our man, Special K. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Chef. Okay, plenty to get through. We saw Daniel Ricciardo in the Mexican Grand Prix this morning. Absolutely crushed it towards the end. He finished in seventh. Wow. What a drive, though. What's the driver of the day? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Incredible. Took out Sonoda. Said, get out of the way. You got a 10-second penalty for crashing. He was pretty salty about that penalty, actually. We might hear from Daniel Ricciardo shortly, but he wasn't happy that he was given 10 seconds. Uh, Australia's Diamonds, they continued their great campaign so far this year by clinching the three-match series against England, a 56-48 to 48 win in Game 2 in Sydney. Game 3 will be in Brisbane on Thursday. The World Cup last night, we saw Pakistan defeat the Netherlands pretty comfortably in the end, chasing down there. Score of 91 with about six overs to spare. Elsewhere, we saw uh, South Africa defeat 
India, which was a hell of a match as well. And in the Premier League overnight, Arsenal beat Nottingham Forest 5-0. Manchester United got over the top of West Ham 1-0. Leeds beat Liverpool during the weekend 2-1. And Fulham and Everton played out to a nil-all draw as well. Nice work, Special K. Who do you back for in the appeal? Uh, whoever's oh, on go. top. Here we go. Um, Arsenal. Just, big Arsenal. You know, I, I actually like. Uh, you know, who, do you, who do you like? I've jumped fences that yeah, much in the last three, three or four years. Oh, I like United through Ronaldo. I like City now, Harland. I, like, I follow the players. I follow the players. So, yeah. And w- if I ever go to the UK, just recently, I like going to grounds where the biggest yeah. atmosphere. Absolutely. So I'm not aligned to one side, but I like sides who, you know, like to finish at the top end, like winning. <laughs> That was like winning goss. A bandwagon jumper. Bandwagon, basically. I like that. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Salas Park, that's a good place to go. A lot of Crystal Palaces. Palace, yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, teams that we don't can't jump ship, Perth Wildcats got beat by one point the other night, Friday night. Yeah. Can't believe that. they Again, another game where they were in front with minutes to go and gave up the lead. They're in action tonight against Melbourne United in Melbourne. You hear it here on SEN. And don't forget, if you want to get tickets to any Wildcats game at home, plenty did, over 11,500 the other night. Ticketset.com.au. Let's get a breakaway and come back. Michelle Payne's going to join us. Let me just say straight away, if you want a horse to be picked for you to have $2 on the win, you've got to call now. Cost you nothing. You don't have to put a bet on. All you have to do is ring, tell us who you are and where you're listening. We'll give you a horse. We'll put $2 on. Doesn't cost you a cent, and you will have a horse. A very small chance of picking up some money tomorrow in the Melbourne Cup. Get to it, 13-12-55, the Toolkit Depot open line, 13-12-55, Always gamble responsibly. Michelle Payne joins us next. It's 21 to 7. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Fantastic time of year. We had Derby Day at Flemington on Saturday, Shep, and now our focus is on the races tomorrow. And we're joined by someone who's a part of the 10 coverage. Do a great job, Channel 10, and one person who knows the Melbourne Cup better than most is a winning jockey, of course, of the Melbourne Cup from 2015, Michelle Payne and Prince of Penzance. It's coming on down the outside, Prince of Penzance for Michelle Payne. Now Max Dynamite starts to charge home. Prince of Penzance from Max Dynamite. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Michelle, do you get sick of hearing it? Thanks for joining us. <laughs> no, I still find it so hard to believe um, listening to it. And when you when you when we get to this time of year every year and you, you have the build-up of the Melbourne Cup and who's going to win, to think that we actually did, it's just absolutely incredible and just hard to believe. Uh, in summary, what sort of jockey wins a Melbourne Cup? What's the one attribute you have to have in a two-mile race at Flemington? Remembering... We don't have many two-mile races, and we certainly don't have too many two-mile races at Flemington. The combination is different. It's obscure. It is the race that everyone wants to win. But what's the one attribute, and you've done it, that a jockey has to have on Cup Day? I think it's a bit more than one thing. Um, (laughs) Quite a few things put together. But I think probably handling the occasion of it, it's, it's our greatest race. It's the race we all want to win as a jockey. It's the race we all want to take part of. And... Um, a lot of uh, riders get hung up on the on the uh, occasion, and when the push comes to shove, and you've got to make those second decisions, sometimes they don't. So, for me, I think that's that's really what makes um, makes the difference. 
The weather in Melbourne at the moment, it's been forecasted to, to rain tomorrow. Do you reckon that's going to have an impact, one, on the, the riders itself, about potentially the tactics? Is it quite a tactical race, the Melbourne Cup, or is it just see how the horse settles and just go from there? It's a bit of both. Um, you've really got to have that connection with your horse where you get it into a rhythm and it travels and it breathes because it's obviously a gruelling test of two miles. Um, but then you've also got to have that uh, tactical savviness to you as well because, it, you know, every split-second decision makes the difference and um, can make or break the <laughs> make or break that you've won or lost. So it's a bit of everything, and I think that's why it makes it so hard to win. And, um, yeah, why well, I still can't believe that we're actually able to win a great race, but it was years of learning and, um, you know, dealing with nerves and trying to be the best that I could be. And um, thankfully all of that comes together for me on the on the one day. It is the race that stops the nation. Do you still think it has that weight with all the other races all being around the country? You've got the Everest. Um, do you still think the Melbourne Cup is, I know it's one of the oldest races in Australia, do you still think it has that weighting of the, the premier race? I think so. I, I don't know if it'll ever lose it. I think it's just got that specialness about it I think because it is that grueling test of two miles and because not only winning the two mile race it's getting your horse there in the best condition for it and that's why we're seeing so many go by the wayside as we get closer to it because you've really got to hold your horse together and um, have it as fit as it can be at the same time and I think that's what makes it a bit of a standout from from every other race as, as good as they are, and I think it's great to have competition because it just makes the Melbourne Cup even, you know, try harder to, to hold its position. And I just think it's great for racing that, that it, there is um, competition through all of the, the races and events. But um, I, I don't think it'll ever um, be over, overtaken. It's, it's, you know, been our race that stops the nation for so many years. Um, It'll be, it'll be a shame, and I hope it doesn't. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Michelle. I think it's great for racing. We've got these headline races, but our focus does uh, certainly appear on the Melbourne Cup. And there is a scratching this morning point, and the P.N. is out, elevated uh, heart rate or uh, blood. So uh, it's a one scratching, number 21 is out. So if you've had a bit of a, a punt on that in the pre-post market, in the uh, in the markets, then you've done your money cold. Hey, Michelle, you said this too after you got off uh, Prince of Penzance a few years ago. I want to get your opinion on this as we move forward. At seven years. I just can't say how grateful I am to them and just want to say to everyone else who gets stuff because they think women aren't strong enough and we just beat the world. You certainly did. You beat the world. Only two female jockeys in the race tomorrow, Rachel King, who's already had a ride in the race, and Jamie Carr. Are you still surprised of the lack of female jockeys who ride in the Melbourne Cup? Because there are so many great female jockeys around the country. In fact, some of the meetings are more female jockeys than male jockeys. Are you still surprised that the influx of female jockeys in this race it hasn't really taken off like it should? Um, sort of yes and no. I think we've probably got two of our best out there representing female jockeys tomorrow. Um, and it is. It's a, it's a race that every jockey in Australia wants to win and there's 24 runners. So um, I'm just glad that there there is two of them out there this year and, um, you know, I, I think it'll continue to, to grow. We've got so many great talent um, coming through. I think we'll see Alana Kelly very soon yeah. in one of the, the years to come. But um surprised she wasn't this year, but she is still apprentice and her time will come, I think. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely the times are changing um, from back 
2015 when I won it, I think we've seen a real momentum change and the talent is, is matching it with Jamie Carr and Rachel King who are outstanding jockeys, um, not just female jockeys, they're, they're two of the best we have, um, two, two of the best um, jockeys in the land and I think it's it's exciting to see them out there tomorrow. There is Rachel King on Arafaho and Jamie Carr and Smoke and Romans uh, and you, you mentioned Alana Kelly, there's none better in Victoria at the moment and she was in Adelaide on the weekend, she is riding in absolutely superb form. Going to get your tip in a moment we know you've got a family connection with Doville legend your brother-in-law Karen McAvoy on the favourite and I know you do like one down the bottom of the order. I, w- I want to speak to you about your day. So you're, you're working for Channel 10 so you're going to get beautified up because all everyone has to look good. You've got to get your hair done, your dresses done, your makeup done. Now, I'm led to believe you've actually got a ride in the race before your own horse, Pondus, goes around the race before. Is the horse going to race? It has raced in a Melbourne Cup. Is the horse going to go around? And are you going to ride in the race prior to the Melbourne Cup tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, a bit of a juggling act, you might, you might say. Um, <laughs> it, I'm hoping he'll run. I don't think it's looking lightly with the rain. He doesn't like wet tracks and... Uh, all predictions are it's going to be pretty, pretty wet tomorrow with all of this um, predictions, but you never know. And if he does um, get to take his spot, I'll be quickly out of that dress and into my silks and back into the dress again. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at getting changed quickly. I've been late to the races a few times and, and sort of mastered that um, getting into the silk. So I think uh, we should be all right tomorrow. And I'm really looking forward to it if he does run because he's going well. He's a beautiful horse. Um, it's a good race for him. But, yeah, do we we just need to have a bit of luck with the weather with him, which I, I don't know whether we're going to. We'll, we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> I've always wanted to wonder, <laughs> leading up to such a big race, understand all, all jockeys, well, I presume all jockeys in the same profession are mates or got a professional working relationship. But coming up to the big race... Is there a bit of banter pre-race to a few bit of sledgings going on? <laughs> Do you try and put other other mates a bit off guard? Because obviously every every jockey, this is I guess their highlight of their career. Is is it is there a professional um, manner it goes about it, or it's all dog eat dog, just there for yourself and trying? If you can put off another jockey, then you've done your job. Uh, I think it depends on each sports person's different. Um, for me, I just focus on myself, but I'm sure there is some out there who, who try to play a bit dirty and get you off your game. Any um, names? <laughs> <laughs> I won't go down that line. But no, I, <laughs> I think uh, you're best to focus on yourself is, is the best way to go about it. Very true. Hey, before we get your tip uh, and a, a quick one on Doville legend, Michelle Payne, who's a part of the Channel 10 coverage, it would be great if you rode in that race before the Melbourne Cup. I think it'd just add to the intrigue. So little Pondus who has raced in the Melbourne Cup, as I mentioned. But you do saddle one up today, and we have a bit of a racing audience here on our SEM Breakfast. So you've got Rambler Rebel going around in the last race today, um, being written by Reese McLeod. What, you couldn't make the 61 and a half kilos today, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, I was hoping I'd be able to ride him. I, I had so much on that I, um, I sort of thought it's best just to get somebody booked in case I couldn't make it. And as it turned out, I probably could have, which is a shame because I think this horse, he's a pretty special horse. I, I got him, um, he was actually barred in New South Wales and got him and had to sort of get him back um, reinstated so he could race again. And he won first up for me last time. And um, this time around, I haven't been able to trial him because of the tracks. We just had so many wet, um, weather 
tracks sort of abandoned and we yep. couldn't trial and I'm going into the race sort of a little bit unknown because I would have liked to have had that, that trial just to, to make sure he was fit enough. But he's done a heap of work. He's a real athlete um, and he's going really well. So I, I think he'll run well. He's got 61 and a half, which is not easy either, but I'm excited about him because he's he's definitely a horse that's always impressed me, and um, I think he could reach some some pretty exciting heights sort of later on down the track. So well, well done. excited to see how it goes today. Okay, last race of Ballarat for our punters. Currently twenty dollars on fixed odds. Race eight at Ballarat today. Number one Rambler Rebel is the horse, and the state was informed you had a winner last week, which was good. Yeah, it was great. He's an old favourite of mine, um, Jaquila. He's heading towards the Jericho Cup, which is a really great race um, to to be a part of. And um, it was so good for him to win last week on Bendigo Cup Day. And can't wait for that race, which is uh, 25th of November. So looking forward to it. Who wins tomorrow's race? Is there a standout? I'm going with Realm of Flowers. I think she just ticks so many boxes. Um, she's a good staying mare. She's a six-year-old. She should be able to handle the occasion of, of the race. And if we do get this stormy weather, um, she loves wet ground. She's got 50 kilos, mm. barrier five, uh, great staying mare. She's going well. She's won a trial the other day in, in preparation for this. Um, she's a bit of time between runs. But, um, she, you know, they're great trainers. Sam and Anthony Friedman, so I'm sure they've got her wound up and ready to go. And I, I just think there's so many boxes ticked with their tied to look past there. Yeah, loves wet. You're right. Loves the wet ground, softer and or heavy. Never miss the money on a heavy track. And I'm not too sure when number 24's last one a Melbourne Cup, or if it ever has one. Or did, no. I don't know about number 24, but anyway, uh, fantastic. One scratching number 21. And your brother-in-law's got a ride in the race, Karen McAvoy. He knows big race riding. He's on Deauville Legend. Everyone's spruiking it as the standout. It's the only horse under double figures on the market. You've got your concerns. You're, you're not overly confident about Deauville Legend handling the, handling the buffering and buffering that has, happens in a Melbourne Cup. I'm just a bit concerned. Um, I wouldn't be feeling... Uh, I feel a bit bad, bad for Kieran because he's on the favourite and it's not clear-cut, I don't think. I think he's he's obviously a classy horse and a world-class stayer, but he's still just turned four years old by Southern Hemisphere times. He's got 55 kilos. He's, um, you know, won some nice races over in England, but in in small fields. And I just feel as though, yeah, the occasion of the Melbourne Cup, it, it's... It's a huge occasion, and uh, I hope he wins, and I hope he deals with it. But I just, yeah, my concerns are with that, and um, that's why I was sort of looking away from him a bit. But don't worry, I'll be cheering him home hard. I hope he does win, and my sister and her—they've got four kids. They'll all be there in the mountain <laughs> yard, so there'll be there'll be huge scenes if he does win because the kids love racing, and um, they'll be they'll be very excited. So yeah. I hope he does, but yeah, I just have some concerns with that. Good on you. Hey, Michelle, you're one of the busiest people and you've been uh, in huge demand over... You're always in huge demand at this time of year and you train and you ride and you do your media thing. You're a very talented young lady. Continued success in all the fields that you work in. Good luck today with Rambler Rebel. I think we might have to have a ticket each way on it in the last. <laughs> you sound like you think it might have something in the in the tank for today. Let's hope so anyway. Good luck tomorrow if Pontus goes around. Good luck in the coverage with Channel 10 and thank you for joining us. You're a star. No worries. Thank you very much. Michelle Payne joining us, of course, uh, just, well, I don't say she put women on the map, but it certainly put uh, women in the Melbourne Cup on the map in 2015. Great rider, wonderful talent and a part of the 10 coverage.
Michelle Payne. There it is. Write that Rambler Rebel. Number 20. You've written it down, haven't you? I've noted it down. Yes, I have, Goss. (laughs) $20 as we speak. Amazing stuff. Let's get a break away. You're listening to Breakfast with Goss and Shep for Gillian Goss, who's filled in when Cummings and Goss is normally here, and today it's Shep and Goss. This is SEM Breakfast. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Yeah. Seven past seven. Don't forget you win free McCafe coffee for a year by visiting and ordering on the My Maccas app. It's Brad Shepard, Tim Gossage with you. Mark Duffield's going to join us very, very shortly. Of course, Duff joins the team next Monday between 8 and 10 for the morning show. Adam Voges just around the corner. Don't forget Ryan from Australian, John from Woodvale, David from Golden Bay, Brendan from Lansdale, Susan from Bustleton listening on SEN Spirit, Lisa from Ellenbrook, Mike of Pally, Roy in Melbourne and Nick from Averley are all in the draw for the Melbourne Cup horse. We're going to put a couple of dollars on every horse in the Melbourne Cup and you will have one running for you tomorrow. But you've got to call 13 12 55 now. Cost you nothing to play. 13 12 55. Gordon Bray out there and also Chris Clafuna Special K. Get to it. 13 12 55. Call now to get a horse in the Melbourne Cup. The Toolkit Depot open line 13 12 55. You must ring now, down at the wacker today, Adam Voges will be in charge of the WA team. They take on Queensland. It starts at 10.30. He's been kind enough to join us right here, the coach of WA. Adam, appreciate your time. Good morning. Uh, morning, Goss. Morning, Shep. How are you? Yeah, we're going well, mate. Uh, more importantly, how are you going ahead of this big shield game down at the wacker today? Yeah, we're going well, thanks. Uh, preparations have been really good over the last week or so since we got back from Melbourne and um, yeah, looking forward to what I think will be a really good contest. Uh, Queensland are strong. Uh, they've got uh, their, their test contingent in, in Ilsman Kwaja, Manus Flavishane and, and a really strong bowling attack. So um, oh, I think it's going to be two really good, evenly matched teams uh, going at it down at the Wacker Ground. So looking forward to it. Now, we were hoping to speak to Sean Marsh today, but he was a late withdrawal and there's no problem with that. I'm, I'm OK with that. Um, I noticed that he's not in the squad. Um, has he got an ongoing issue? What's the story there? Yeah, we uh, we were hopeful that Sean was going to get back for our last Shield game, which uh, our second one in Melbourne last week. But um, as you may know, he he had knee surgery during the off season, and uh, and that clean up ended up being a little bit bigger than what we anticipated. And then, unfortunately, uh, final uh, hit out, I guess, before we got on the plane to Melbourne. Uh, uh, he, he did a little calf. So, uh, unfortunately for Sean, he's probably out for another couple of weeks um, and while he rehabs that calf. But uh, the good news is the knee's coming along well. So, hopefully we'll see him before the big bash break, but um, we'll just wait and see. As you alluded to, Queensland on top only been two games this year. Um, we'll touch on the whack of pitch as well. How is the whack of pitch going? There's been a bit of cricket at the stadium with the World Cup going at the moment. Are we are we going to see the old wacker pitch bouncing and firing for those that want to attend the game today? Yeah, I think we will, Chef. I think uh, the the first game that we played against New South Wales at home a few weeks ago, we saw some real genuine pace and bounce and movement in the wicket. Um, we were able to um, get a victory there in in three days, and and uh, Lance Morris in particular bowled with some some real pace. So. 
the wicket looks very similar to what it did in that first game. There's a nice even covering of grass. Um, I'm sure both teams will be tempted to bowl first today, but I think it'll be a, a wicket that uh, not only does it keep the fast bowlers interested, but we saw Teague Wiley score 100 in that first game. So if you bat well, there are runs to be made, but uh, I think it'll be uh, it'll be hard work for the batters early on. Just touching on Teague Wiley, from his first impression, where, where has his growth been from last year to this year? I know, I know he scored a ton only a couple of games ago, but... Where's his growth been throughout the summer? Or throughout the winter, I should say. I think just getting a full pre-season in for the first time um, in his career. He's only just turned 18. Um, He's still really uh, young and inexperienced at this stage. But what he does have is a pretty level head on on some young shoulders. And uh, he has that um, real ability and, and hunger and drive to bat for long periods of time, which is not necessarily something you always see in young players coming through at the moment, but he has that in spades and um, backed that up with a, a really solid technique. He opens the batting for his club side, Rockingham Mandra, um, and he's he's um, he's played really nicely in his first few games. We've just seen over the last two three years that 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 hunger to make big runs, and he's been able to do it pretty consistently, which has been good to see. I oh, know you've. You always did it when when you were a player. Are you still an advocate for the players in their off-season, the winter, to get over to the UK or to play cricket all year round? Or do you think it's uh, a time in day and age where they need the time away to try and mentally refresh, physically refresh, and then come back? I think uh, it's a bit of a case-by-case basis. I think uh, certainly a batting group uh, on... Uh, very encouraging of them to to try and find a bit more cricket during the winter. Uh, COVID's made that really difficult over the last couple of years, so we have the guys travel as much as as what they have done in the past. Uh, we've got tournaments up in Darwin during the winter, which we send a few of our younger guys to. But I think as the borders are just starting to open up, we saw a number of our players go over and play in England this year. Uh, Aaron Hardy went over. Hilton, Josh Ing- have a few, but um, yeah, look, uh, our fast bowlers are a different uh, different category. I think they do need the rest. Uh, they need to get fit, strong again, and make sure that they're physically well prepared for what will be a, a pretty demanding summer. But um, yeah, case by case basis, but certainly from our batting group, happy for them to get as much cricket in as they can. Speaking of fitness and fast bowlers, Joel Paris got the tick. He has, yes, Goss. Um, yeah, we put him through his paces pretty uh, pretty heavily this week just to make sure that that little groin niggle that he, he picked up in Melbourne is all okay and he's past the flying colours. So looking for Sam out there this morning. You've got a couple of uh, decisions to make. I, I noticed you've got Sam Fanning in your squad. He wasn't in the 11 for your last game. Play, uh, played great cricket, made a tonne recently. So he obviously has got some uh, upside there. Does he break into the team for this match or will he be just uh, the drinks waiter? Yeah, we, we changed our balance in the second game purely on conditions. We brought Darcy Short in. We felt we needed another spin option on what was a really uh, slow, dry wicket over there in Melbourne. And um, and Sam was unfortunately the one to miss out. Um, credit to him. He's gone back and made a big 100 in, in Premier cricket. He got 150-odd for Perth. So um, he's put his name right back in contention. So um, similar conditions to that first game. So I imagine we'll go for a, a fairly similar balance to what we did. And, and, and that puts him right in contention. One before we let you go, coach of WA, Adam Voges. You've been taken in. I'm sure you have because you eat, sleep and breathe the game. You've been taking in the World Cup, mate, and uh, it's delicately poised, isn't it? I, I can't find a standout team in it so far. 
I've really enjoyed watching a few of the games so far, Goss. I thought last night's game, uh, India-South Africa, it was a cracker. Um, and, yeah, it leaves uh, that group wide open as well. So, uh, big night tonight for the Australian boys. Yeah. They need to get the job done. And, and then, obviously, a, a big night watching England and New Zealand uh, tomorrow night as well. So, uh, starting to get to the pointy end of the tournament. I've, I've really enjoyed watching the Optus Stadium pitch. Um, it's It's been hard work for the batters early, but... Uh, I thought uh, you saw some really uh, quality batting, Surya Kumar Yadav and then uh, Aidan Markram and, and David Miller for South Africa. They, they played really nicely. So there were runs to have, but um, it's been a good contest and, and looking forward to watching the Aussies tonight. No doubt. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your time and uh, good luck out there at the Wacker today against Queensland and over the next four days. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks, guys. Adam Vogt just joining us, the coach of WA. And uh, give us a call on the, of course, the Toolkit Depot open line, 13 12 55. Plenty have. All of a sudden, we're running out of spots for our Melbourne Cup sweep for tomorrow's big race. Nigel from Gosnells has joined in. Steve from Eaton listening on the SEN Spirit. Ryan from Banksy Grove. Alan Denning from Bunbury. Jay from Scarbs. Daryl from Harvey. Scotty from Bayswater. Xavier Canningvale. Brian's in Bunbury. And Luca is in Guildford. We have four spots left. 13, 12, 55 is the number. You will get a horse. We'll announce the runners and the horses alongside your name by the end of the show. 13, 12, 55, the Toolkit Depot open line. Don't text us. You've got a ring. So Adam Flog guy, <laughs> Adam Flog guy who's texted in, you're not calling. If you don't call Flog guy, you don't get in. 13, 12, 55. We can all hide behind text, but give us a call. Toolkit Depot open line, 13, 12, 55. A break. Mark Duffield in the studio. He joins us on SENWA on Monday from 8 o'clock with the morning show. This is Breakfast with Brad Shepard and Tim Gossage on SEN. Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. I'm still alive. Spot in our Melbourne Cup suite is done and dusted. You'll get a horse shortly. Well done to everyone who called 13 12 55 Toolkit Depot open line. And that is the number that you're going to need to call or text 0487 736 736 to chat with our next man who joins the SEN crew as of Monday morning between 8 and 10, Monday to Wednesday. Mark Duffield, one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business in my time in this industry. And he's in the studio just to give us a bit of a sweetener as what to expect and talk about the current sporting topics. Duffer. Welcome aboard. One week today. Yeah, it's exciting and it's a bit nerve-wracking, actually. I met with Paul Heath, the producer, uh, on Friday and we had a good chat about what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. I've told him he's going to have to be my boss for a while because I'm going to have training <laughs> wheels. So uh, that's that's good and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, you're going to hit us between the eyes. Not just footy. Of course, footy's going to be a big chunk of what you do, especially during the footy season but and the lead-up to the new season. There are huge issues, but you're covering off all sport and feature interviews, talk back, uh, solid... Uh, opinion. Um, and again, you've done that throughout your time anyway in various media roles and, and also through your long time at the paper. Um, yeah. What, what, what's the one element you're genuinely looking forward to in the role starting on Monday? I think listener engagement. And I think that's what the thing with, um, obviously I did the podcast at the West with Glenn Quartermain and, um, and what we found is the more we engage with the audience, the more interested they became and the more invested in the show they became, and that was a real lesson for me. I reckon I'm a, I'm very much a greenhorn broadcaster, uh, Goss, not like yourself. You're a, you're an accomplished veteran, but um, that was that was the biggest I'm lesson I learned. 
<laughs> I hate it when people call me a veteran. No, I don't actually. I actually like it. Uh, fantastic. Hey, uh, Brad Shepard in the studio as well, and Shep's in the chair with me, of course, and, and uh, filling in. Scotty Cummings is having a, a well-earned week off after being in the chair for two weeks. That's what he does, two weeks on his FIFO. Two weeks on, one week off. Let's get our teeth into a couple of, of the issues. We're seeing the West Coast Eagles are back. And they're back and they don't have to be back. Some of them don't meant to return to a few days' time. And I'm talking the seasoned campaigners. Has the criticism of their fitness spurred this on? Do you think they get a tap on the shoulder from the coaching staff or the S&C staff? What's your thought process? Because I'm led to believe, according to us, ran into a bloke walking out of the ground here last night from the cricket, said they are working their butts off. I think... Um there's just more eyes on them. I think most off-seasons, you'll see every player on the list, uh, well, they should be adhering to their off-season program. I think potentially there's more players in Perth this time of year, which is, you say, probably more group sessions. And when you've got more players in Perth, no doubt, you'll catch up together. Then you're not meant to be uh, at the club uh, in a formal training capacity because part of this uh, collective bargaining agreement and through the Players Association, you're not meant to be required to check in at the club. But if a group comes together and you and is you know a group of you, then by all means, all, all get together and train and try and utilise the club's resources, whether it's strength and conditioning coaches, physios, any other coaches that hasn't gone away themselves because you know, it's quite a taxing season, not only for players but for administration and coaches flying every second week. It's quite a uh, quite a volatile job at times, but the pressure to as coaches as well. So they need the time off. But from what I've seen, um, on through various social media streams, guys, not through Twitter, like you're saying, I, I don't Twitter. have Twitter. Through what my social on? pages, it's good to see that the boys are putting in the hard work because so, you have to. Yeah. So what you're saying, and Duff, get your opinion on this as well. So what you're saying is. These shots that we're seeing and vision that we're seeing and the West have covered it off and TV stations and, and, and online and even their own social posts, they're wearing civvies. They're not wearing branded West Coast Eagles stuff. So they're there on their own time, so yep. not part of their, as you mentioned, collective bargaining. Yep. And I haven't, and I stand corrected, I haven't noticed many, and I think it goes for Frio as well, many WA footballers, base footballers, doing the overseas trip and gallivanting around. I think the West Coast Eagles feel like they're anchored and want to get on air in a season of redemption, Duff. Yeah, I think so. And I, I see a bit of a spike coming from West Coast next year. I think my concern would be the year after, and that's just about birth certificates more than anything else. I think there'll be a lot of players with a point to prove next year, and I reckon we'll see a better reflection of the talent on their list. Shep, they were accused of letting standards slip. Their most virulent critics last year said, the, the, the once very high standards at West Coast have been allowed to slip, been allowed to slip in preparations of players, individual preparations, that sort of thing. Did you get a sense of that or do you think that's more people overreacting to the win-loss? Probably a bit of both. Um, we've been blessed in the past to have such elite trainers. Um, we talk about the likes of the Matt Prittises who he – was, he was someone who had talent but he had to work for every bit of his talent and – I think just that how the, the game's changed so much that, you know, it's about managing the, the elder players um, rather than every player be on the track every session and you've got to do extras after session. I think there's a bit more of a management control trying to get players. That injury list has been so high for a number of years now. So these younger players, I think 
talk about the training standards. I, I think the training itself has always been of a higher quality, but it's about, I think, the numbers on the track at any given stage. And when you, you don't have, your, I guess, your senior players on the track regularly, talk about the standards. If you're, if you're a young kid coming in and that's all you're exposed to, that's the level of training that you're accustomed to, as opposed to, no, they, these are these guys are being set in the standard. Also, I came through with the Matt Prittises and, and Bo Waters. So I saw what hardcore training was about. So when I was when I was there, it was only a couple of years ago now, seems like a lifetime ago, that's that's how I trained. And I can't um, uh, comment because I wasn't there this year. And I think the criticism was unfair at times. But when you have a, a growing injury list, everything gets audited. And it's probably the, the questions are probably made from last off-season. So what we're seeing now is players getting together and doing training together, keep, keeping each other accountable. I think that's a step in the right direction because sometimes when you're away from a group and you're training by yourself, you get a false sense of security of a false sense of where you're, where you're actually at. And you come back to a main group environment and main training session and first day of preseason and you're behind the eight ball. All of a sudden you, you're trying to play catch up and that's where the injuries occur. And if you get an injury in the first month of training, that sets you back pretty much for the first quarter of the year because it's too hard to catch up these well, days. It destroyed Yo, it destroyed Sheed, it destroyed Chesser. And Chess has got a long way to go before he's going to – he looks un, he looks unfit, but he hasn't been able to run. He hasn't been able to work on that foot, and he can play. Duff, what's your thought process in regards do – you, do you think the club um, is going to come out swinging, maybe on field, but they don't take criticism like their fitness and the coaching staff don't like being criticised by that. Trevor Nisbet, we know, is a very strong leader of that football club. Do you think the club – would be angry that they've been questioned in regards to their fitness and the way they've uh, um, presented themselves? I think they accept the criticism is a factor. It's just a, an inevitable result when you have a two-win season and your percentage is 59. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone accepts that, even a proud club like West Coast. But I do think players get stung. You know, we questioned Nick Natanui and his condition. We questioned Elliot Yo and his conditioning. Um, those guys, they're proud people. Yeah, I, I expect a response from both of them. And in fairness to both of them, body's allowing as well. I mean, with Nick, it's going to be his knee, what that allows him to do. And with Elliot, it's going to be whether the OP stays away and whether it leads into other issues, like soft tissue issues like he had last year. Goss, I don't know whether you were there. I, I know that um, there's sort of like a skeleton crew of media go along. That first practice match against Fremantle, yep. they were cooked at halftime. So they came in on the back foot, off um, injury issues, some the, the beginnings of the COVID issues, and they had three key players go down. Their best draft pick, which was Chesser, he's gone for the year. She played, what, one game of Waffle, one game of AFL mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Yo, gone, big calf, barely played all last year. That was on top of everything else. They had injuries, then COVID, then injuries again, and COVID was drip-feeding through the club. For much of the season. And they were the one club that had to attack getting mid-season pickups and, and, and COVID replacements. They really attacked that. They played a lot of players that just weren't up to it, no disrespect. Yeah, they went through their list. They had to play them. They had to play players out of the waffle. You know, um, they were the they were the one club that really delved into their COVID contingency mm. uh, group. I'm going to be fascinated to see what they do at the draft because if, you, if, if Jai Cully was a top 30 pick, and, and we're told he was. So if Jai Cully's not picked at the mid-season rookie draft, he's a top 30 pick in the draft. So that gives them, what, five, six equivalent of top 30 picks? Yep. 
two in the top 15. I reckon they'll go mids with those top 15 picks, I reckon, and they'll look for speed because they've got none. Yep. That's, that's, that's almost their big problem. They've got none. We, we think Chesser will be quick, uh, but we haven't seen him. Um, and basically, they've got too many other guys that are, that are slow through the midfield. Let's get to news. Come back. We're going to talk more. We're all, I'm going to put you both under the cosh a little bit in regards to lift the cosh on this, on the, on the captaincy of both clubs. Nat Fyford, Fremantle, Luke Shuey at West Coast. Do we think they are going to retain their leadership roles at the club? If not, why not? And who's their replacement? Let's get some news away. Mark Duffield in the studio. He joins the crew Monday, 8 till 10, Monday to Wednesday with the morning show, Brad Shepard. And all of our Melbourne Cup spots are done and dusted. Let's go to uh, the break with... No, we'll come back. We'll come back because uh, we're going to hear from Daniel Ricciardo shortly. He drove the race of his life today. He finished seventh in the Mexican Grand Prix, coming from well back down in the grid. We'll hear from him a little bit later. Let's get the news away. Why are we playing Andrea Bocelli on our show? Well, Brad Shepard, it apparently is a name that has come into a conversation with your better half in recent times that may have actually triggered some really deep and meaningful moments of, of your future. Triggered is an understatement, Goss. <laughs> I mentioned to her yesterday. I was going through. So, what, what's what's coming up? Name? Ellen. Thank you. Ellen, yep. Thanks for that, Goss. I thought you knew that one. Uh, yeah, I'll let the so, listeners yeah. know. Yeah, listeners, absolutely. So yesterday afternoon, I was, I was looking at what's to come in Perth over the next coming months to try and get a bit of a plan. I uh, saw Sandalford Winery next Saturday, Andrea Pacelli playing there. Yep. Okay. Delta and Goodrum it, too? Delta Goodrum is going to be there as well. So I thought, yeah, this is, this is not a bad little romantic uh, Saturday afternoon to go with a partner. So I put it to her. I said, Ellen, <laughs> next Saturday, if you're free, would you like to go oh, to see good on Andrea Pacelli? You're a good fella. Her response, who? <laughs> what? Who? And I played, I played, I played the music, played one of his, uh, I think it's time to say goodbye. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think that was appropriate <laughs> for that time, <laughs> that, that moment there. And she goes, not interested. Sorry? Oh, yes, yeah, so I'm not sure where that's, uh, that's left me. Right now, I'm still quite rattled by that situation. So I've got a night to try and win her over to try and get some tickets because they're, they're selling out fast, Goss. And I love Andrea Pacelli. Oh, how can you not like this? I can feel a social media montage of music with you and Ellen <laughs> with this music after she's knocked you back. Oh, this is, this is bringing back some great memories, Goss. The alternative? Take to the races tomorrow. The alternative, I said to it, the alternative is I'll be at uh, Ascot next Saturday with the boys. <laughs> so it's a win-win anyway. Uh, nice work by you. Uh, let's. Uh, I want to touch on a subject as we uh, got two uh, two breaks to get away before the top of the hour and our Melbourne Cup horses uh, for all of our listeners. Well done to everyone who's contacted us. Um, Duff, uh, the captaincy, Nat Fife. No, for me, and I'm going to go. Uh, one beyond the obvious choice, I'd be making Caleb Sarong the captain of Fremantle. That Mark, that Mark, you agree with David Mundy? I think Mundy's in, in the in the uh, Sarong camp. He's got a bit of mongrel. I think a captain's got to have a bit of mongrel, and Sarong's got that. I know he's little bloke, but he goes real hard when the flag has to be flown around the midfield. He's the first one in there. 
he's happy to be throttled and jumper punched and give a few back and uh, and stand up, and he's savvy. That's the other thing about him. And I reckon I want Brayshaw to be the player and not be saddled by the leadership, and I think Sarong would embrace it. And I just get the feeling that Sarong is the one that the leadership would elevate, and Brayshaw it might be a little bit of a burden for. Yeah, I think um, – I know he's young. Yes, yes. No, I think those two absolute candidates, Brayshaw and Sarong, I'd still think Fife to captain for one more year, reason being – He's been a great servant of the Fremantle Footy Club for a long period of time. Their star player for a long period of time. His position, uh, positional change for next year is probably not going to be playing much midfield. He'll be playing a lot more forward than pinch, pinch hitting in the midfield. I just think it's such a potential bigger hit to Nat Fife if, he, if he's out of his true midfield role, getting pushed forward and then getting the captaincy stripped from Nat Fife. He's been such a heart and soul player for a long period of time. So I, I don't think it's going to be a Fremantle Football Club will will give a double blow by saying, yeah, you, you're not playing midfield and your captaincy, we're taking it off you. I still think he's got a lot of good football left in him, but I think one more year for Nat Five, And he can't split the two. So I, I think um, Gary Gibson said the co-captaincy is not out of the equation because I think those two are clear standouts and they've set the example at training about their standards. And... Um, how they play as well. So I thought Sarong's final series, you need a captain to step up in big games and he has done that. So I think a co-captaincy wouldn't be out of the equation. And Alex Pierce not in the equation? A remarkable job. He, he's a great leader, but I worry about his body. And I think that was the big thing about the Griffin Logue, the loss of Griffin Logue, is that where it has the potential to really sting Fremantle is if Alex Pierce goes down and his history isn't great. So therefore I'd be worried about him being out there. Um, I absolutely respect everything that Shep says about Nat Fife. I just wonder whether to allow him just to play mm-hmm. is the way I would go. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think we'll see. Well, if I was in charge, if I was God, I'd have new captains at both clubs next year. All right, we're going to park that right there. We're going to get a breakaway and come back. We're going to find out who the alternative is at West Coast because I'm not so sure it's as clear cut. I, I agree. It, it, it's Sarong, Brayshaw. You've even got Pierce who could go again, but his body's an issue and five. So you've got alternatives at Fremantle. What's the alternative behind Luke Shuey? And we'll uh, discuss that next. Mark Duffield in the studio. Don't forget, he joins the team mornings from Monday uh, between 8 and 10, Monday to Wednesday. He's going to have it all covered. He's officially the best in the business in this town, and he's going to drive a lot of the agenda in WA sport from Monday morning at 8 o'clock. It is 20 to 8. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Warmed up eight degrees since coming into the studio this morning. It was a chilly start, heading for a top of 21. Mark Duffield is in the studio along with Brad Shepard. Well done. I'm going to rattle through the names right now. These are all the people who have got Melbourne Cup horses. We won't allocate your horse today because that's just too much hard work. We'll do it again tomorrow. Ryan from Australind, John from Woodvale, David from Golden Bay, Brendan from Lansdale, Susan from Bustleton, everyone in the southwest listening on SEN Spirit 621. Hello to all of you. Lisa from Ellenbrook, Mike from Pally, Roy in Melbourne, Nick from Averley, Nigel from Gosnell, Steve from Eton, Ryan from Banksia Grove, Alan D 
Denning, good on you, Big L from St. Uh, Bunbury, Jay from Scarborough, Daryl from Harvey, Scotty Bayswater, Xavier Canningvale, Brian in Bunbury, uh, Luca is in Guildford, Blaze is also in Bunbury, Phil in Capel, hello to everyone listening down south, Calvin is out there in Ellenbrook and Vic from Churchlands, you've all got a horse in the Melbourne Cup. And just a reminder that we had Michelle Payne on earlier today and she's got a horse racing in the last race called Rambler Rebel. And she sort of indicated she was expecting to run a big race. There is a horse in the race called Red Zoust, which just loves racing at Ballarat and on the synthetic track. So he will be a short price favourite. But have something each way at big odds at 20 to 1 on Rambler Rebel, courtesy of Michelle Payne. So we've found Sarong, Fife, Brayshaw and Pierce at Fremantle. Possible leadership for next year. Luke Shuey. Is there an alternative at West Coast Duff, Mark Duffield? Um, and is it time for Luke Chu to hand over the reins and who do you think jumps off the page? So I just think Luke's body, he needs to focus on getting his body right and getting out there and getting, you know, somewhere between 15 and 22 games out of himself. So I would re- relieve him of the captaincy. I think he was keen to let the captaincy go. Well, he considered, I think, letting the captaincy go last last year and asked the club if they were comfortable with him continuing. Um, so Tom Barass is, was the standout player at West Coast last year. Shep having a bloke that plays that deep in defence, is that a problem as the on-field leader? Not at all. Darren Glass did it. Um, Shannon Hearn playing defence. John Worsfold. A lot of West Coast captains have come in defence, or defenders, I should say. So I think he's clearly the um, the standout captain. I think Tom's always been a natural leader. Um, you need consistency at the AFL level. You need your performances and, um, yeah, your standards off the field at that high level to to get thrown into that conversation. And he's just grown so much as a person and as a player. So he's definitely right up there. But you talked about Luke Shuey. The pressures of captaincy, as we all know, is it's not just the on-field, it's off-field. It's dealing with the politics in the club, the club sponsors, the corporates. So it does distract you to the, uh, an extent of your, your playing capacity because your focus is not just about yourself, it's about others. So although I think Tom Barras is definitely potentially next in line. Um, McGovern, yeah, probably the wrong side of 30 now. So he's a very, very, very strong leader. And he has been a great vice captain for the next five years. But I think if there's going to be a leadership change, it will probably be, probably be someone in the mid-20s, like a Barras. Um, you can throw Dugo or Oscar Allen. Those three are the next ones that will be the next captain of West Coast. But Tom Barras has had a, such a great year. Would you Would you give him the captaincy if, if they're going to have leadership change for next year? or let him have another year to consolidate this year and let Luke deal with whatever comes this year? Because you know, we all think there's going to be a bounce back with West Coast. I believe they're going to be uh, pushing on the verge of top eight because get get their uh, their star players back in, change the game plan, et cetera. But if it goes sour again, would you, would you want a new captain to deal with the pressures, a young captain, of what's to come? Barris wants it. He wants the job. He's ready to go. He would. He said it would be an honour to captain the club. It would be an honour to captain the club right now, and he's ready. He wants the job. Yeah, I reckon there's. In order to get players to play bravely, I think you've got to administer and manage bravely, and I think Tom Barass is the brave choice. I reckon, if they went with Luke again, it'd almost be like cross your fingers, hope his hammies hold together, that sort of thing. That that's not particularly brave. I think West Coast need to be a little bit brave, even if it's Duggan. Even if it's Liam Duggan, if they say he's a good leader, he's a good solid player, he, he won't let the club down, he won't let standard slips. I'd I, I'd be going with a new one if I was. And and look, McGovern would absolutely be front and centre, except for the his injury issues are now starting to mount in a similar 
uh, manner to Luke's. Very much so. Uh, so uh, there it is. So we do expect captaincy change. Well, our opinion. So we don't expect. So that's not quite right. We we would think that would be the captaincy changes at, at both clubs. So what do you reckon, uh, listeners? Thirteen twelve fifty five or zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Text us in, and we're in the Toolkit Depot studio, and you can ring the text line uh, or text us in, should I say, on zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Duff is the World Cup. Taking your fancy? Are you excited about it? It's a big game tonight for Australia. I love the juicy pitches. Like, I love the pitch at the MCG when Coley got India home, and I love the pitch at Optus last night. I just reckon that it makes for such more interesting cricket mm. when there's a bit of bounce. It was good here. They've had two wickets. So they all they showed they, had, they, they played on the Western one the first night. They played the double. They played two the other night on, on the uh, on the uh, back-to-back uh, on the Eastern pitch, and they went back to the other pitch uh, last night. Uh, they've done a remarkable job here, the groundsman, and I agree. You just want the ball coming on. You want you don't want lockdown, nudge-nudge cricket. You want bales going everywhere, sixes flying over the top of the keeper. That's that's what world cricket needs, and that's what uh, that's what we've had in a couple of games. And Chep, the Aussies, the Aussies just feel a bit clunky, don't they? That you know, like Finch is not in great shape, um, and we don't have a game manager. I don't reckon. Like Coley managed yeah, that game, correct, uh, and got India to the line. Steve and, Smith's that manager. Well, that's the one I reckon is they're missing with Finch out of form. I think they miss Steve Smith Miller last night. Just you know, kept the game under control, and then when the time came, pulled the trigger. We don't have that at the moment. Yeah, I think um, West Coast. I think uh, <laughs> you got me all. You got all headed at West Coast here. Um, uh, the, the Australians. Yes, I, I, Finchie. He's been a couple of years now. He's been talking about Finchie's role in the side. He's the captain. Stoinis is a is a player that is is open the batting for the stars and done extremely well. So I think that's a light for light replacement. Get Stoinis up, but then it opens the door for a, a Cam Green. I think Smith. I still don't think. There's a position only. You need a stodger, mate. You need a stodger who stays in and just helps everyone. What you've got when you've got all the finishers in the world, you need a stodger. Finch is not Finch. That's not his natural game. It's fight for survival. But if the openers are batting for the five or six overs, which you you'd expect, or the top three to be occupy for seven overs, there's only thirteen overs to go, Goss. Thirteen overs. So you, I think you can get by. Still need a builder. Duff, thanks for coming in. Starts Monday for you. Appreciate it. Uh, 8 till 10, Monday to Wednesday. Looking forward to the first show. Um, it's going to be great. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Mark Duffield, as we go to the break, Daniel Ricciardo finished seventh today in a McLaren. He absolutely was flying. At the end, he was being interviewed by the coverage and all of a sudden coming onto the set, Mercedes boss Toto Wolff and Mercedes driver George Russell. This is how it played out. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm promoting his merchandise. No, honestly, I like it. It's just they they took a photo with some stupid glasses on me and then put it online. But um, for the sweatshirts, I'm going to wear it overnight now right, in the flight. I'll send you some more. We're playing a game here. How many people can we fit on the stage? I think this is a this is a record. George, how much time Batman has reserved? He's going, he's going. How much time Batman has reserved driving with you next year? Would that work out? Would you like to see that? Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be be interesting. I think we'd, we'd like to see that, but here's up to Daniel to see what he wants to do with his future. I didn't hear that. I didn't say anything. I was just, <laughs> I was just insinuating it with my eyes. But let's move on to the... WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. <laughs> 
show done and dusted for this Monday. Tomorrow, Melbourne Cup Day. So uh, we'll have touching on that. We'll touch on all the big sport. Good luck down at the Wacker. Good luck to Australia tonight. Our Snap Fitness judgment, our Snap judgment, thanks to Snap Fitness, is on a mission to help you feel fantastic. That's what you and I should do. You do your own sort of work. Yo, I, yeah. Richard Simmons. Snap Fitness is with you every step of the way. Next to me. It starts tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. Day one. Day one. So Melbourne Cup Day. So you will do something pre-going out to the track tomorrow? I might even start today, Goss. Just nice. get a head start. Nice work. Crazy, I call you, but they'll take that every day of the week. Daniel Ricciardo finished seventh in the Mexican Grand Prix. You'll hear all the SEN Cricket action on the SEN Cricket app. Thanks for your company. Thanks to Mark Duffield. Thanks to Michelle Payne. Just a reminder, she has a runner going around the last race at Ballarat today. Just have a cheeky little donner each way. Gamble responsibly. Rambler Rebel is the name of the horse. And thanks to Adam Voges. Cricket starts at 10.30. Thanks, team.